<laughs> you don't see that no more, though. I bet you don't. No, well, you... no, no. Well, I don't. I don't. Well, go I don't for go in the woods, do I? <laughs> <laughs> you don't go in the woods looking for porn. You know where you are, you're listening to the Personal Jukebox Podcast, baby, but don't worry, you're not going to die. <laughs> My name is Simon, the host of this here da, 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 da show, podcast, and man, it's been a long, long time, but we're finally joined back by our old friend and the guy who nearly killed me one day, we won't talk about it, Mark Paola, Les, what, what, what am I referring to you here? Les, man. Les, yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, Les, fucking hell. <laughs> How you doing anyway, you alright? Oh, I'm very well, thank you, yourself? Yes, very good, very good. Um, as we've discussed earlier, you've joined the ranks of um, us road warriors in the trucks, trucking yes. around. Yes, yes. Trucking around the UK. Uh, well, around the Midlands, don't go... <laughs> <laughs> don't He's really in the saddle. Go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, aside from that, how's everything been since the last time you were on? I bet we're talking uh, <clears throat> over a year, I think it was last February, weren't it? Oh, I don't know when it was exactly, but uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, definitely. Uh, been slowly worked to death. Yes, and carrying <laughs> that, on with life. That's it, yeah, back into full-time employment and um, yeah. Obviously, you are part of Jif Not Sif. Along with little Sai, who has been on the podcast, and That's Ning right, as yeah, well, who's yeah. been on here. New stuff out. Oh yeah, on yeah. Spotify is it? It's on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? Give give a give a plug. Give a plug to the people. Man. Oh, just listen What's to it. Called? it. What's it called? Li- Listen to it. Uh, it's called By All Memes. Yes, it is. By All Memes. That's what I was trying By to remember. By All Memes. It's not an album. It's an EP. Well, it's a long EP. Yeah. Uh, seven tunes. We've worked really hard really hard on it it's completely different from the other stuff yeah you need to listen to it if you were to say oh it's a bit like <sighs> i'll put you on the spot there i know but yeah rise against really okay, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 bit of offspring mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah definitely and yeah. There's, there's some old gif of course listen to it good stuff yeah, yeah, go go, give it a listen. I know it's on Spotify um, and I'd imagine other places as well, but you'll definitely pick it up there. Listen to it for free. Do you get a kickback? Do you get a, a Do you get payments? Do you get royalties, PRS from Spotify? I don't know, side deals with all that side of I'm it. I'm fucking <laughs> 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 Yes, good. So, yeah, go and give that a listen for uh, for our old mate, Leslie. We are here today looking at... At an album that I've wanted to come for, cover for a long time, I wanted to do it with my man here, "Appetite for Destruction" by Guns N' Roses. Les, oh, it's a classic. What is your background with Guns N' Roses? Where, where, when did you first get into them? When did you first hear of them, etc.? I first heard Guns N' Roses. It was Paradise City uh, when they released it Same as a single. Uh, yeah. So what was that? Eighty-seven. Uh, yes, it was, yeah. Hang on one second. Da, 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 Paradise City. Well, it wasn't released as a single proper until 89, which is absolutely crazy in well, the th- UK. This doesn't add up then with my timeline then because... I know, it's weird, isn't it? This is what I always thought. As we go through, you'll see the singles are really weird. Like, 
Welcome to the Jungle, It's So Easy. Um, we're released in 87. But um, Paradise City never really got a single release until 89. But it was definitely played yeah. before then. Because it was the video for it and, and all the bits and pieces. I think. You see, it must have been 1988 because I, I didn't get into hard rock until 1988 with Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Um, so it must have been after then that I heard them. Yeah. Um, what were you listening to before 1988 when you oh, kicked into a bit of Maiden? Be- before metal. Yeah. Um, dire Straits. Yes. Uh, Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> big, was you big? I never actually did. Yeah, ABBA guy. The, the Monkees. Yeah. The, the Bee Gees. Yeah. Was, I still listen to the Bee Gees. Yeah, I, I love the Bee Gees. Oh, they're, they're yeah. great. They're absolutely <laughs> amazing, the Bee Gees. Um, Any and, interest whatsoever in seeing the um, ABBA show that they've got going nah, around at the moment? No, no. <laughs> Not ABBA. I mean, no. ABBA are all right, but that's what I grew up listening to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm shitting now, really. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good pop sensibilities, good yeah. pop songs. In there, but yeah, it's you know, it's, it's fluff in it, yeah. Really. It's not like the Bee Gees, the Bee Gees are like proper, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely not like Guns and Roses, no, no. So, yeah, you got into them, yeah. Uh, I heard Paradise City, uh-huh. and then and then I heard Lies, okay, yeah. I heard Lies, and that was an EP that was released, oh, was it before Appetite? I think it was just after, like the same way Night in the Vine had Nevermind, and then Incesticide kind of followed. Yeah, to cash in. Yeah. Oh, this band's hot. Let's put out some extra mm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, do, you were a, a big touchstone on these episodes for, especially us guys who were into rock and metal and stuff at the time. He's always Kerrang. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing from when you're going to Maiden, you were a reader of Kerrang. Well, it was Raw. Raw as well. Yeah, we forget about Raw. Raw. Well, first of all, there was Metal Hammer. Yes. Um, and then Kerrang. But Kerrang was a little bit. I don't know. I didn't like the. The style of it, it was all weird writing and that. And yeah. So I was a raw man myself. And, and then, my Guns N' Roses were all over that, I'm guessing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Raw didn't definitely have the legs, did it, that Kerrang has got? No, no, no. I used to like Raw. I used to like Raw. I can remember going to um, to Birmingham. There was a shop in Birmingham and they used to sell like all the old back issues. When I was like look, looking for old Skid Row posters or yeah. something, and going and finding old old episodes, old issues of Raw, mm. um, yeah, good magazine, yeah. especially oh, for the time yeah. before the internet, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's all we've got our information from. Like, I tell my because like my uh, youngest daughter, she's into like metal and that, brainwashed her, <laughs> um, and I, you know, she just gets all her information off Google, obviously, and I says, oh, well, yeah. I had to wait every Wednesday till Raw was released. Yeah, how easy is homework now? I know, yeah. yeah. I mean, do anything for them days again, wouldn't you, really? How easy is getting your hands on a decent piece of pornography now? <laughs> there's, no, there's no dirty magazines anymore. When you was a kid and you found a stash, you'd always find a stash up the woods or something, wouldn't you? Somebody in, left in a, some, somewhere. Oh, man. That <laughs> was a, fun- a bit funky. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was always mouldy, wasn't they? <laughs> You don't see that no more, though. I bet you don't. No, well, you... no, no. Well, I don't. I don't. Well, go I don't go now. in the woods, do I? <laughs> you don't go in the woods looking for porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yes, um, Guns and Roses. Uh, I think Paradise. It was. The, it was definitely the first uh, song I heard by them. Um, yeah. I can't remember when it was. Mm. I'd imagine you probably heard of them before me. I'm guessing you're a couple of years older than me, aren't you? Yeah. Thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, we are getting older. Yeah, I know. When was it? Last Saturday or the Saturday before when we're doing this. 
I completely fine on the Friday. Excellent. Went out. I went out with the with the wife, and I was walking around and everything. Woke up Saturday, and my foot. I couldn't walk on my foot, like at all. Yeah. And it was as if, if I would have gone over on it or hit it or something, I would have thought, oh, I've sprained my ankle. And I said to her, I said, it ain't right. And I hobbled around all Saturday. And on Sunday, I woke up and I was like, it's still exactly the same. So I went to the went to the hospital. It's very loath of me to go to the, the A&E. Um, and apparently I've got something called plantar fasciitis. It's a, the, 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 the arch of your foot... Um, weakens due to wearing uh, bad footwear, or I mean, I always wear flip flops and slippers and shit, uh, and and I've had ill fitting shoes probably since the last time I was fitted at, for school shoes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? When I was a kid, so now I'm having to wear some like special insoles <laughs> to, to like build up the arch of the foot. <laughs> well, I haven't got anything like that. <laughs> well, it's just my back, mate. <laughs> Are you back? <laughs> We're all getting older, definitely. That's like kind of the theme of the podcast as well. We get older and moan about younger people and, yeah, uh, get on with it. Yes, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, the first week it charted on the UK charts was the 1st of August 1987. Okay. Okay, so that's when it was released in the UK? Well, that's when it charted, yeah. I, I think it was probably, it might have been released a, a week before or a week after. I don't know where it charted, but the highest it ever got was five on the UK ch- album charts. Uh, it spent 284 weeks on the charts, you know. It's probably still in there now. It's probably still building up yeah. weeks on an episode we've just done um, about well, another one of your favourites, Oasis. What's the story, Morning Glory? Yeah, it's a great album. <laughs> um, that was still like the 21, the 21st highest selling album of last year, which is just stupid when you think about it. I bet Michael Jackson Thriller's still selling. Isn't oh, it? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, yeah, all the classics, especially now because I think um, people are buying vinyl again. Mm. And stuff like that. So it's probably bumping up them figures. Before this came out, are you aware of the... What is it? A live or live like a suicide? Yeah, it was like um, it was like a bootleg demo, wasn't it? Yeah, like a four-track EP. Yeah. Yeah. Came out in December 86. Mm-hmm. It had got on it. Had it got a cover? I was really surprised looking back at how many covers they did back in the day. Um, oh, God. Jumping Jack Flash was definitely one. It was Heartbreak Hotel. Heartbreak like. Hotel, that's it, yeah. And I think there may have been an Aerosmith cover on this. Like Mama Kin, was it? Mama Kin, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on Lies, wasn't it? Yes, that's right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, see, I, I meant to look at Lies to do this, because as you said, that came out later. The original cover of Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction is a subject for discussion. Right, yeah. I've um, actually got the album. Have you? Yeah. Oh, wow, really? The rape scene, yeah. Yeah. Because you've got like a, what would you call it? Um, a robotic rapist. Well, it's, it's a robot who's just raped a human woman, isn't it? Yeah, and then there's a big... And there's a big monster behind. I don't know what it's all about, really. Is he coming to get him or something? Well, apparently, it's a symbolic social statement uh, representing the industrial system that's raping and polluting our environment, as according to the band. Okay, <laughs> whatever. I just thought it was um, a cool bit of artwork, in all fairness. I wouldn't have thought that they would have been coherent enough to come up with that at the time. No, no, not, not at all. I mean, half, the, half of them was on heroin and the other half were alcoholics. Yeah. At yeah, the time. Definitely. I think Axel was probably the straightest. Out yeah, the probably. Them, yeah, the, the band original cover was that. It debuted at um, 182 on the US charts. 
when it came out. But it did peak at number one. Sorry, yeah, August, August 88, yeah, so it was the, the week the week before in the US it came out. Uh, it went on to become the seventh best-selling album of all time in America. Which, you know, you can't knock them. No. And thir- over 30 million sold worldwide as of now. They're just not figures to be sniffed at, are they? No. They went with the the replacement cover, which has really become iconic, hasn't it? The the then replacement cover that yes. they went with, with the what is it like a Celtic cross? Well, it's a cross into it with yeah. all five of their heads on it. Yeah, and that's been. I mean, there's loads of different people who've used it, ripped it off, parodied it for their yeah. kind of stuff yeah. as well. Yeah, I think when I don't think I picked up a copy of this on CD until. Oh, Christ. Maybe like when shops were selling off CDs really cheap around like the start of the 2000s. Yeah. I think I probably picked up a copy then, uh, and it was obviously the, the, the cross one. Oh, uh, of course, yeah. Is the copy you've got a CD or a vinyl? No, it's vinyl. Oh, wow, really? 12-inch vinyl, but I've wrecked it. Mm. Oh. What, the the outer thing? or Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I went through hard times like 15 years ago. I lost yeah. my job and everything. So I had to sell my record collection to okay. pay the mortgage off. Yeah, everything. yeah. But I couldn't sell Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, because <laughs> I'd used it. No. Foolishly, <laughs> I'd used it to lean on while I was writing something. Oh, no way. And it's gone through. What a twat I am. Yeah, man. Wow, that I don't know how much a like decent oh, copy of that would just, go for. You're looking at 50, 60 quid, surely? Well, probably more than that. I'm, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure when I look at it. I mean, don't, the... but don't forget, side that vinyl has been played. To oh yeah, death. But anybody I mean, who's buying it isn't buying it to play it, are they? They're mm, buying it to keep it. I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you still want mm. it in good condition, mm. don't you? Really? I'm sure they said there was only something like. I don't know if it was 150 or 250,000 copies of that press. Oh, man. Yeah? So that, I know it sounds a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, you see, there's no, probably I, loads more twats like you who wrote on it. Or no, I can't remember where I got it from, but it must have been second-hand because by the time I liked Guns N' Roses, the cover had already been banned. Okay, And you yeah. were seeing it in the shops mm-hmm. with the cross on the front of it. Yeah. So I think I must have got it from ST Records or something. Where's that? Where was that? Dudley. He's he's still open. Yeah, he's still open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Giving ST a plug there. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Axel wanted to use a photo of the Space Shuttle Challenger exploding. You know, that iconic, um, I think Time magazine used it. But Geffen, the, the record company, were like, nah, that ain't going to help us. I've never heard that. That's a good bit of trivia there, so. And they had problems getting radio stations to play them. MTV wouldn't play them because they just just labelled them as too dangerous and stuff. But we'll get into that as we go through. It goes without saying that you're a fan of Guns N' Roses. User Illusion 2 was the last great album they did. Well, yeah. Uh, they did the Spaghetti Incident after that. You hate the Spaghetti I Incident, hate don't you? It. I hate it. Is there nothing on that that you think is redeeming? No. No? No. no. Nothing not, at all. Do you not like this since I don't have your cover? No. Attitude? Mm, Maybe. It's too punky. It's not Guns yeah. N' Roses, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. It's not Guns N' Roses, is it? No, it's not. No, it's not. And then the Chinese democracy. Okay, I'll, I'll, the first three tunes. Oh, a killer. Bangers. Yeah. And everything after that was shit. I... And I spoke to Neil, who I do some of these podcasts with. 
originally, when I was thinking about doing a Guns N' Roses episode with you, I was going to say, oh, shall we do Chinese democracy? And I was listening to it and listening to it in the truck, and it was hurting my head. Yeah. Like, I can understand what Axel was going for. I can. Yeah, but he's like just that ever so little bit off it being classic. There's so much. There's so many tracks on there and just... I don't know. It it just hurts my head when I tried to think yeah, about it and do it. The first three are bangers, <laughs> and then I'll think everything after that is just really. It doesn't turn my head. No, when that when the album starts and you get that you know the build up yeah. and it's just well, it's kind of like I was like, oh, we're yeah. in for something here. And then the next track's good. The next track, as you say, the first three are really good. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. 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 Guns and Roses at this time. Oh, um, William Axel Rose? Is that yeah. W. Axel Rose? Was Bailey, isn't it? Yeah, well, he is Bailey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slash? Sol Hudson. Yes, that's it. Is he straddling? Is he, yeah. Yeah. Duff McKagan? Yeah. Who, nowadays, he invested into Amazon when Amazon was coming up, and now he's made so much money off that he's made more money off Amazon than he has off Guns N' Roses really? now. Yeah. Right. Absolutely stupid. If you, He's literally just a playboy now. Everybody likes him. He's like the nice guy, isn't he? Yes. He comes from Seattle, so he was like all them Seattle bands that came out a years, a couple of years later. They still all loved Duff, even if they didn't like Guns N' Roses or yeah. stuff. Stephen Adler is a drummer on this album, mm-hmm. who was replaced very shortly after this, I'm guessing, or when. No, because he did Civil War, didn't he? Is that the only one he drums on, on I think, Illusion? Yeah, I think so. But yeah. like, but Civil War was a tune that could have been on um, Appetite. There's a few, isn't there? There's a f- yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was Civil War, You Could Be Mine. Yeah. I think Pretty Tied Up. Yeah. And um, Tracy Guns, what do you know about Tracy Guns? Uh, that's the very first time I've ever heard the word <laughs> Tracy and Guns put together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tracy Guns, Axel Rose. Um, was he, Tracy Guns, not in LA Guns, the band? And then you had um, Something Rose, which was obviously Axel Rose's band. New, not New Rose, that's the song that they did, isn't it? I don't know. There's always the story about there's these two bands and they get together. Oh, uh, you mean LA Guns? Yeah, 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 LA Guns, yeah. Uh, and they sort of like get together and people, people leave the band, people fall out. If you listen or read some of their biographies or autobiographies at the time, man, they don't sound like very nice people, particularly. No. When they were kicking all this off. Oh, yeah, yeah, they was just... Well, that was tearaways, weren't they? There was a lot of dirty bastards, weren't they? Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. Proper drug users as yeah. well, and just yeah, thieves and <laughs> just <laughs> gypsies, tramps, and thieves, as um, Cher would go on to sing later. <laughs> the album budget was three hundred and seventy thousand pounds originally. Right. Um, they gave them that. I think they gave them an advance, uh, and they went. They blew through that really quickly. Uh, and then it went on. I think they were advanced another hundred and twenty-five grand. Basically, the music was all recorded in six days. But Axel, first mention of his perfectionist oh, thing, he uh, wanted to do it word for word or line for line. Yeah, didn't he? yeah. Apparently, and that drove the rest of the band. I don't know to to drugs. Or <laughs> <something>. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, taking ages. I mean, Axel. That's what. What are your opinions on Axel? Well. When I was 14, 15, I wanted to be Axl Rose. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest. That. He was the coolest bloke I'd ever seen in my yeah, life. I can get that. I, I used to wear the bandanas. I used to wear the 
white cycling shorts oh, oh really my god yeah i no I'd even yeah. I'd even have like um, you know the lumberjack shirts <laughs> yeah tied yeah. round me like yeah. a kilt oh man it was a whole scene I a tell whole you movement what, yeah i wanted to be axel rose but the guy is a prize a prick isn't he let's be honest he's a twat i would say he probably is i mean actually if you're listening then don't fucking bring litigation against us because <laughs> <laughs> i don't think he takes kindly does it no he doesn't but no. <laughs> that kind of thing but yeah i don't think he ever comes across in any of the stories really um superiorly if that's a word talented guy um oh. great songwriter yeah absolutely um what's the word unique vocalist you yeah. hear axel singing you know it's axel yeah but yeah, he may have been. Well, I think he's the second greatest frontman ever, isn't he? Go on, that's a that's a big bow. Who's I think your, who's so. your first? Well, Freddie, obviously, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he. There's always the story, isn't that? When I think they were supporting the Rolling Stones around the time when they were promoting this album, and he went on stage and he was like, right, unless a load of the other guys in the band stop dancing with Mr. Brownstone, then. There ain't going to be no more Guns N' Roses gigs. And there was a contract signed backstage, which was basically, right, you guys have got to sign this, which gave everything. Not everything, but the controlling share yeah. and the, the vast majority of, of Guns N' Roses, in inverted commas, to Axel. It, it is his band, isn't it? Uh, yes. It is. Yes. Um, in much the same way that you get a lot of bands who have two people who are really synonymous with them. It's always Axel and Slash. Yeah. Uh, and Slash always comes across as the nice guy. Well, he, he is. He is. Yeah. He is. I haven't really heard many people who've had bad things to say about Slash. No, he's, he's a nice guy, isn't he? Mm, comes from, well, he doesn't come from, but he was. He was born in Stoke. He was born he? in Stoke, yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah um, to a. Oh, Christ. Because his mum was black, weren't she? Mm. Or his dad, I can't remember. One, one, of, the one other, or the yeah. other. I never knew that until like years later. That slash, you could never see the fucker's face, could you? Off the time. Oh no, I, could, I always <laughs> knew he was. He was like of dark skin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's his hair as well. Oh yeah, definitely got so. the hair going for it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we could, we'll get into it now. Um, as we always do before we start off the album, we'll have a look at what was going on in the charts and okay, stuff yeah. at the time. Number one in the UK on the 1st of August 1987 when this album charted was this. la 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 Um, what is it? Los Los La Boss. Los La Boss with La Bamba. <laughs> um, that reminds me of, I don't know, say, going on holiday with my mum and dad, maybe. That, and and uh, that was always playing, kind of thing. It reminds me of the, of, of the chimp's house. <laughs> How did he like it? Well, they, they had that as a seven-inch single. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did we speak about this before? What was the first like ever single you bought? Uh, you win again by the Bee Gees. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, that's a good one as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, La Bamba by Los Lobos. 
I imagine that's been covered to death oh, yeah. throughout the years. Well, it was a cover itself, yeah, wasn't it? Of, of course, surely. Yeah, yeah. With a song like that, it's got to be from the 50s, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's got that kind of style thing yeah. going on, yeah. Uh, the number one album in the UK at the time was, you know, you've always had Now albums mm. and things like that. The number one album was um, Hits Number Six. Right. Do you remember the Hits uh, franchise of albums? Yeah, they wasn't. A, I had the greatest hits of 1984, 85, yeah. and 86. Okay. So maybe it's. One of the tracks that was on that was this. I know me. Surely one of the songs which only really hits in the UK, where we've always loved a bit of a, a novelty single. Was it The Firm? Um, Is that what they're called? The Firm? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Firm. See, I couldn't find it from The Firm, but it was them, yes. I found it on some, like, kids' disco mix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can remember reading, this was probably at the time where I hadn't graduated to Krangle Raw, but I was frequenting smash hits. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I used to frequent smash hits when yeah. I was a Michael Jackson fan. Yeah, Michael Jackson bros, etc. <laughs> and they had the lyrics printed in smash hits, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, and I can remember reading along with this song on the radio and wanting to know the lyrics. Um, never been a big Star Trek fan, I believe you have. Oh, yes, mate. I'm a yeah. trekker, yeah. And can you remember the video? Weren't they like potatoes? Like mm, I'll be honest, I can't really remember the video, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the kind of thing that was going on at the time. Uh, the number one in America when this was released, uh, along the same kind of lines, well, guitars anyway. Somebody who doesn't really translate to these shows, Bob Seger. I didn't know that. No? No. You're aware of Bob Seger, you've heard uh, yes. the name. Yeah, 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 obviously, uh, but no. It's not somebody who really... Well, he never had any chart success to the over here, no. I'm guessing. No, no. Um, it just sounds like... I don't know, fuck me, it just sounds like Footloose or something like that, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can imagine him in Police Academy dancing at the ball to that, can't you? 
how good were Police Academy movies back then? Though? Oh, mate, the f- number one and yeah. number three. Uh, yeah. Number three is the best. I can't even really differentiate apart from the first one. Oh, that number three is the one where Zed goes yeah. to the Academy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Nice bike. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't love Zed? Oh, he was great, man. <laughs> Oh man, did he ever go on to do all the stuff as yeah, well? Yeah, he's a comedian. What's his name? He's Bobcats something or other. Oh, is he? Is that Bobcats? Yeah. No, oh, no, no, no. He's called something Bobcat or Bobcat something oh, I don't or know. other. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, he, it was always him and um, the guy who did the noises. What was his name? Oh, Jones. Was Lieutenant that Jones? Jones yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we'll go from... Um, what's his name? Bob Seger into possibly... One of, I'd say, the greatest side one, track one of any debut album of all time. Oh my god. And when this hits, it's a bit of a moment, isn't it? Yeah. mission statement high impact aggressive completely different to what was going on in the I don't know the cock rock the glam rock the glam metal scene at the time well that was kings of it weren't they mm. really because the, the LA scene weren't it yeah let's be, let, let's be honest because that video is about them coming to Los Angeles isn't it yeah. they all met together in Los Angeles to hit the stepping big, off the train to, yeah to hit the big time and the big lights and everything and Axel's hair, he's, he's not got the straight hair with the bandana, he's got his hair all hair sprayed up like a girl, isn't he? and he? Yeah, it's all. Like and then th- they all have. Yeah. yeah, apart from Slash, who yeah. still remains yeah. the Slash. <laughs> <laughs> still remains the Slash. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you said, he's stepping off the, the bus. you got the lad, the lad saying that, isn't he? Welcome to the jungle, you're going to yeah. die, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, in 2009, VH1 named this the greatest hard rock song of all time. Um, it may not be the greatest hard rock song of all time, no. but it's impactful. And man, it's been used to death by films, uh, soundtracks, TV accompaniment things. Yeah. And who doesn't like this song? It's a great song, isn't it? It's fantastic. It's brilliant. It's, it's fun. I, I thought as well for the time when it was released, the, the production and the different differentials in sound you've like got I imagine it's obviously Slash and Izzy's guitars they're just like like dueling at times you know what I mean coming back and forth with bits you see you think of Izzy as just being the rhythm guitarist but God have you seen some of the riffs he plays oh yeah Izzy damn like really technical yeah in in my head I always used to say oh I love that kind of it's kind of a kind of a I describe it as a relaxed, really trebly sound. 
But that must be easy more often than not, because he's playing the rhythm, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's playing the rhythm. It's really, he's got a nice groove to it. Oh, it's lovely. Their guitar sound, whoever's it is, is that's the thing that sets this band apart oh, from the rest of the, the well, pack at the time. It's slashing it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. it took him ages to find that sound, apparently. Uh, this was released as a single in October 1997, so it was a bit after the album. It's only ever got 67 on the UK charts. Unground for a couple of weeks. I bet that would be worth a couple of quid if you've got your hands on that. Yeah, I'll bet. Uh, it was released, re-released again. There's loads of re-releases on this. A double A-side with uh, Night Train. October the next year when it got to 20 set, 24, sorry. Um, man, what else can you say about it? It's a tune. Tune. Yeah. I think a song like that is where the perfectionism of Axel really pays off. There's not a wasted note in that song. No. Can you imagine like sitting down and writing that? Well, how how has he even had the audacity to even attempt to sing that? <laughs> you know what I mean? He starts off and he's doing all that. Uh-huh. And then when he comes in with the vocals, it's just like, whoa, how is this man human? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that finishes, and we head into the next track. Oh, what a, what, a, what a tune! I see your sister in a Sunday dress. She's on the breeze, she pounds her best. She's on the tape, no need to try. Um, the internet tells me that that is actually the first UK singer that was released off the album. Really? Mm, apparently so. Um, this is the this is the very 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 first song I ever heard the word fuck. Yeah. Oh. You know, like now, when you've got all these bloody rap stars dropping yeah. the bomb and everything. It weren't like that. It weren't back like no. that back in the day, was it? No, no, no. <laughs> and I couldn't believe he was actually swearing. I was like, God, he's swearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the parental advisory meant something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it got to number 84 on the UK oh. charts, the single okay. listed, in June. So this was released a couple of months before the album. Yeah, um, but don't forget back then, Si, <clears throat> rockers... We were the, the the minority. Like, put it like this: yeah. in my year at school, which of like, how many children I'm in a year at school, there was probably four of us who were into like this kind who of music. Who was into rock and metal? Yeah. See, what was people into then? It was all rave on it and all I shit. It was, yeah. I suppose there was a lot of rave, wasn't there, around that time? Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Because it was even a couple of years later when you had. Like the, you know, like the, the the Madchester bands, like the Stone Roses and and stuff like that. Well, that wasn't till like the the, the uh, like early to mid nineties, was it? Yeah, I think like the first Stone Roses album was nineteen eighty nine, 
Was yeah. it? Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah, but that was still a couple of years. I mean, what was? I'm, I'm trying to think. And it was still like all pop music, but I can't think what. Like the cool kids were listening to. Who said there was only like four who were listening to Guns uh, N' Roses and stuff? Um. Oh my God. Let me think. Well, w- when I was when this was coming about, it was uh, New Kids on the Block, Bros, Brother Beyond. All the wenches was into that. Can I say wenches? Yeah, you can say wenches. It's not derogatory to women, Rod. Wenches, birds. Wenches. Chicks. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) All the wenches. (laughs) Splits. (laughs) (laughs) Gashes. Yes, I remember them bands, well, them boy bands being big. But as for the lads, I can't remember what they was into, to be fair. At the time, you remember like footballers, because footballers are usually a kind of a a bit of a marker on what's cool. If you yeah. if you see an interview with a footballer now, they're like, "Yeah, I fucking love Storms," or "I love like yeah. um, some whatever trap artist there is at the moment." But then, footballers always used to be into like Phil Collins or Simply Red, didn't they? Yeah, you know that that kind of thing. Deacon Blue, yeah, Deacon Blue, like you know Prefab Sprout, U two. You two, yeah. Some of them, yeah, 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 used to like you two. So, I mean, the most overrated band in the world, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not a U2 fan? No. I think I've got a really good uh, third to seventh album kind of thing. Mm. Everything else is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Not not like with or without your stuff like that. No. no, the Batman song was probably the best oh, one. It's a great song, that is. Yeah. It's a good song. Duff McKagan wrote It's So Easy. Yeah, because he's a punk, isn't he? Apparently, Axel says he wrote it as a hippie ya ya song. Really? His, his quote. Okay. Uh, and they beefed it up. You've had covers of it from bands like the Manics or the Eagles of Death Metal covered it. Do you remember that little feud with Axel as well? This is a little bit of that. I see your sister in the Sunday dress. She's at the bleach, out her bed. She's on the take, no need to try. She's ready to make. Oh, yeah. It's so easy. When everybody's trying to please me, baby. It's like a slightly heavier Rolling Stones covering Guns N' Roses, isn't it? Mm, it's not my cup of tea. It ain't got the beef behind it, has no. it? I think one of the things that set Guns N' Roses aside was it was really raw. It was raw and in your face, oh. wasn't it? And that song following up Welcome to the Jungle is fantastic track listed. Yeah. That's like really... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they definitely got it right there. With his low vocals at the beginning, and he, he doesn't he, his voice doesn't really hit the high notes until the to the last part of oh, the no, song. Oh no, builds up nice, doesn't yeah. it, man? Um, when I didn't know anything about Guns N' Roses apart from they've got a song called Paradise City, and um, Slash was a guitarist who had a, a top hat on. Yeah. I thought, oh, have they got two vocalists? You know what I mean? Oh when right, I heard, yeah, when, yeah. When I heard this album for the first time, yeah. Um, I think on like Spaghetti Incident and stuff, Duff sang, didn't they? He on, sang on a few of them. Yeah. Did he do anything on, to, on Illusion? I know he did one. Yes, he did, didn't he? 14 yeah. years. Um, yeah. Did he do so fine? Um, How did you look so fine? I can't remember. Yeah, I've been I a stranger remember. to myself. Duff yeah, sung yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
But yeah, it's so easy. Great, great, great second track. Uh, next song. When I first listened to this album when I was younger, I did sleep on this song a little bit. Yeah, like it didn't instantly grab me. Right. Yeah. But over time, it's it's become like one of my like half a dozen best kind of songs on it. Right, yeah. I've um, To be honest, that's kind of what I was like. Yeah. Um, I thought, yeah, it's all right, but yeah. it, it, didn't, it didn't really grab me. And then... The first time I went to see GNR was at Main Road. Oh, um, the old city stadium. Oh, yeah. yeah, the old city stadium. I can't remember whether it was 92 or 93. So they were on the Illusion So that was Yeah, that yeah. was on the uh, first leg of the Illusion tour. Yeah. Um, they, we all went up. Yeah, brilliant. It was all waiting in the queue. And then uh, they cancelled. Oh, no. After we all got there. Yeah. So we all went what, home. Like on the day? On the day, yeah. Axel pulled a fucking stunt, and he as yeah. usual. Um, <laughs> he's known to do. So we all went back home, and then um, they rescheduled it for the following Sunday. Oh no, shit! Okay. Um, and we we went like, and yeah. uh, that was two hours late coming on as usual. Standard fare, yeah. And um, they opened up with Night Train. Yeah. Right, and obviously I was down the front and just got completely caught in the mosh of it and the brilliance and everything and um they opened up with night train and you couldn't hear axel's vocals for the first song yeah. because of us singing <laughs> and it was quite funny because we heard on the radio just a week or two weeks before that axel said he stopped smoking marlboro and instead gone on to dunhill okay yeah wow. <laughs> to help his voice out <laughs> So we could get louder than, than Slash's guitars. And I thought that was ironic, really. But when I heard it live like that, and I was just, oh, my God, it just turned into one of my favourites then yeah. because it always reminded me. And then I went to see him the year after at Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes Bowl, And yeah. they opened up with that again. Uh, okay, they play the same set? I think, no, they didn't play the same set, yeah. but I think they opened up with it again. Okay. Who was supporting them on the... Um... Oh, God. Right, that yeah. That gives a bit of a time stamp, doesn't it, then? Supporting them at Main Road was, I think, first on was Soul Asylum. Okay, yeah. Bit the, different. Then it was Soundgarden. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Faith No More. Okay, so it was quite quite a heavy, um, a, a, a built line-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because around that time, that would have been when Solar Asylum were getting like traction, wouldn't it, with their stuff? Mm. Um, 
Soundgarden had kind of exploded into oh Soundgarden, the the more metally band of the grunge bands. Yeah. And then Faith No More, a Faith No More, isn't they? Faith they, No More. They do yeah. the kind of you're there and everywhere kind of stuff. Yeah. Somebody lobbed a, uh, a can of coke and he hit Mike Patton right on the head mm-hmm. like that, and it split his head open and yeah. he was dripping blood, and he just didn't even care. He just carried on playing. No shit. Yeah. And I, I can't remember. I, I, Axel wouldn't have done that. No, oh no, he would have cried, wouldn't he? I mean, I can't remember who support. I remember at Milton Keynes that the cult was was on be, just yeah. before them. Yeah, but I can't remember who who else was there. Okay, that's, that's why my memory's gone. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> uh, as we said before, with Welcome to the Jungle, it was a uh, double A side on the second release of Welcome to the Jungle in 1988. They also re-released it in September of 89, and that was like after they'd put Patience out, uh, which was off Lawyers, wasn't it? Lawyers, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it got to number 17 then, so it was one of the highest charting songs, really, that they've, they've put out from this album. Okay, yeah. The song is about the cheap fortified wine at the time, which is akin to a 2020 or a Fruits Unlimited or a Thunderbirds we oh, would have had over here. Right. Thunderbirds. Um, Thunderbirds, man. You had the blue one and the red one. The red one's always a little bit sweeter. Yeah, but the blue one blew your head off, didn't it? <laughs> I remember being on my hands and knees, <laughs> throwing up. You don't, st- you don't see them, do you? I think you, st- you, st- you still get 2020, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, right. yeah. But um, not Thunder. I haven't seen Thunderbirds for... Um, Lethal. A hell of a long time. It was the cheap... Easy, same for us as it was obviously for them. It was the cheapest stuff with the highest alcoholic content that would get you absolutely shit faced. <laughs> yeah, it was before white lightning, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you didn't have to have the quantity, did you? A fortified no. wine because it was, you know, beefed up. Next track is there's two tracks on this album which I think are like sleeper classics, and two of my favorite ones, and this is one of them. We'll have a little bit of the chorus, haven't we? I mean, he's singing at a level any dogs can hear, isn't he? You yeah, know? I mean, yet again, it was the swearing that got me in that song. I was like, oh, so, I can't believe he's swearing. Um, but, 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 but musically, yeah. I've always thought it was one of the weaker songs on the album. I mean, it's a simple riff. Yeah, there's, there's, two, there's two tracks 
on this album, which I wasn't over keen on. I mean, I like them now. Yeah. But this was one of them which I wasn't really that over keen on. I'm, but like you know, years later, it's a classic, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is. It is. It's that just like the guitar is just like a, like a hanging guitar kind of sound. There's you know, there's no rush. It's just like I don't know. It's just I don't know the word to describe it. But it, man, it's right. and when it cuts into the solo, another thing from this album is solos. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, solos, are great. And, uh, is it is it now or do we? Um, yeah, no. Now. of them taking a solo there or is it all slash slash yeah I think don't quote me on that yeah but I think that I think he did any no I mean not lead solos he did little bits in the background but I don't don't quote me on that Um, yeah man I I always I I always like that that was kind of an immediate immediate grabber for me I don't know if it's like this, this more simplicity of it or something Um. Yes, that guitar sound. And once again, we've got a cover of that one. You heard of the band Hailstorm? Uh, yes. Yeah. It sounds like that song in 20... I don't know, whatever year it was put out. Obviously, female vocalist. Yeah, but like she pulls that off beautifully, doesn't oh, she? Oh, wicked! Yeah, I think me and Gaz did an episode. I think it's on this EP. She does this, and uh, they do "Slave to the Grind" as well. Oh, that's another song in it. That's and another vocalist. Like obviously, yeah, like said back, yeah. and they all go for that like high register kind of vocal. And it works with a female vocalist, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, we're on to, we're on a good run of songs here, aren't we? Well, the next one is just... Okay, right, we might disagree on this. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. the next one is this. Uh, Mr. Brownstone. Tune. We can talk over this a little bit, can't we? Of course. Um, definitely the lyrics hint to building up a bit of a drug tolerance. Oh, it's, it's, about, um, it's about heroin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole... I used to do a little, but a little wouldn't do it. But then a little got more and more. <laughs> yeah. We go on stage around nine 
Yeah, so even still now, it'd be like, I don't know, in my one or two least favourite songs on the album. Wow. I know, it's weird. Because like, Guns N' Roses fans, they always rave, don't they, about Mr. Brownstone? I think it's a brilliant tune. I think, like, not as bad as a song we'll hear later, but the chorus kind of comes out of nowhere. This bit is good, the bit that's playing underneath us now. Um, I don't know, I've just never really gone on with it as much as others. I think what it was is... I watched a video they did um, on the... The early Lose Your Illusion tour. Uh-huh. It was uh, at the Hippodrome in Paris. It was a pay-per-view event. Okay. Uh, yeah. And um, and they when they played Mr. Brownstone, Axel was doing this brilliant dance. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he's a born entertainer, isn't he? Yeah, of course he is. And I sort of like picture that now, and it just sort of makes the tune even better for it, me. It's a song which they. Of all, I bet they've probably played that at like ninety percent of the gigs. I'd say so. It's a staple. It's like a yeah, yeah. It's in it's in like, um, like an unreleased single classic kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Never really did it for me. Slashing. Um, Izzy apparently wrote the lyrics on a brown paper shopping bag when they were fucked up. Gave it to Axel. And then he embellished them a little bit more, and well, we've all been there, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> and done that. We've all been strung out on horse and done that, haven't we? <laughs> we need to talk about Donington, nineteen eighty-eight. Oh, possibly the probably the best Donington there was, mm-hmm. uh, and the worst as well in 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 the same breath. It's um, still when it was Donington Monsters of Rock Festival. Yeah. Um, Guns N' Roses played at it. Yes. And they had the whole crowd surge, two dead two, uh, two thing kids, happen. yeah. The band carried because they didn't, I mean, imagining that amount of people, they didn't know what was going on because, you know, any excuse for Axel to stop a gig usually, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Axel even said, look, you're going to fucking kill each other here. Calm, okay. calm down. Were you there? No. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Yeah. I didn't go till like, mm. I think 94 was my first one. Yeah. But I think that was the kind of thing which they were hot. They were building up a um, an underground name for themselves. They were they were still underground at that point. The at this point was when they uh, it was Paradise City, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the video to Paradise City. Yeah. It was played everywhere. It was played on commercial TV. Like yeah. the do you remember the box? It used to play <laughs> yeah, all like kinds of shit. Didn't yeah. it? real shit. But then again, but they played that all the time, and I think it was the the first one was Welcome to the Jungle was the first one that got picked up on MTV. They wouldn't play it, uh, and Geffen spoke to them, spoke to them, spoke to them, and they eventually got a deal with them that they played three times, and they were all after midnight. Was they, this Welcome to the Jungle? Yeah, this was in the US. They would play, they played three times. Uh, I think they were like two, three o'clock in the morning kind of thing. And they quickly became so requested. It was like the most requested video on MTV then. And I suppose that was the thing, man. They'd got money invested in this band. Yeah. And they knew that times were right for a change or a, a little slant on what was going on at the time. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, pushed it. That's the difference finding a record company behind you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a wonder that the record company kept with them, you know, <laughs> with, with the way Axel was. But, you know, don't you think that maybe... Axel was sort of like, could have been pushed into behaving like this. Oh, 100%. I think a lot of it is yeah. um, 
much... play up Axel, be deliberately light Axel. Yeah. It's M- good for publicity. Much like the whole Sex Pistols story oh, is like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves a bit of drama. Everyone loves, loves a bit of theatre and a bit of um, controversy creates cash. You know, it, it yeah. is that, isn't it? Mm. And Guns N' Roses were definitely no strangers to that kind of thought. <laughs> we'll have one more before we take a break. Uh, and as we said, this is the song which introduced both of us to Guns N' Roses, yeah? Yeah. Probably how many years apart, though? <laughs> well, it must have been a couple of years apart, definitely. Uh, I, I can... Because this would have been a... I said this chart 82. I don't know, man. This was fucking massive, though. You know, this was... It's just such an easy refrain, lyric, chorus, whatever you want to call it. Um, everybody who covers this album I've noticed listening to stuff always mentions, oh, the synthesizers at the beginning. Works. And here we go, let's have a bit of it. have lived under a rock for the past 30 years who have not heard that everybody's super familiar with it the centrepiece of the album I would say no no oh I know what you're gonna say but surely isn't that just the commercial strand of the album (laughs) yeah this is definitely semantics isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that's yeah yeah yeah. we'll talk about that when that song comes up but this is definitely more raw and dirty and Yeah, I mean, just Slash playing the solo at the end, he always rolls all over the floor, doesn't he? And he's just that last two minutes. <laughs> I mean, this is. I mean, how long's the song? It's um, that's six minutes. Is yeah. it seven minutes? Yeah, between yeah, yeah, nearly seven minutes long. Um, I heard it reviewed in some places. They were saying, "Oh, they've kind of said everything they've got to do in the first two minutes. The last two minutes is overindulgence." But I'm all for that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Those yeah. last two minutes where it where it kicks off and the, it goes into double time and you've got the solo and everything, that's what takes the song over the edge. Yeah, yeah, it's already a decent song. That's what gives that yeah. extra pump. They always use it as show closer. Oh, do they? Yeah, well, especially now. I right? Think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you remember the entrance version? I'm not going to play it now. Me and Gaz oh. played it like when we when we had this song. No, no, no. Probably, <laughs> I've probably heard it, but I'll, it doesn't ring any bells. No, and um, when they all split up, well, it would have been the the time when Slash split from him. He went off and did. Remember Slash's Snake Pit. Slash's Snake Pit. Slash's Snake Pit, and then he all also did. Um, oh God, I think Slash did his own album as well, didn't he, and stuff. Uh, and he did this version with um, with Cypress Hill and Fergie of the Black Eyed Peas. Okay. Yeah. 
think we can see where that's going. <laughs> that, that sounds massive. I'm really into that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. It's, I mean... <laughs> um, it doesn't matter what he thinks. No. Nah. He's <laughs> <laughs> not on this podcast. <laughs> I think the songs Fergie worked with... Slash she's done a, a she's couple. done a couple and they yeah, are chorus, bangers, mate. That's a very good Axel Rose impression, isn't it? She got some lungs on her, yeah. aren't she? Yeah. <laughs> and as well as some lovely lady lumps. I definitely lovely, lovely lady lumps. Yeah, that, the highest charting single that they had off this album, uh, number six, the only top ten real hit. 12, year, 12 years, 12 weeks on the charts. Uh, it's a classic. It, it, it is, it's an absolute classic. And um, did it have I Used to Love Her as the B side? I don't know. I don't know. Mm, Maybe, yeah. Have maybe. you got any of the singles? I, I did have. Yeah. Uh, I had Paradise City. Yeah. I had um, Sweet Child of Mine. That's the only two I had off Appetite. And then I had all the, I had Don't Cry, I had yeah. Knocking on Emma's Door, Live and Let Die, all the usual bollocks. Um, I will say at this point that I think Guns N' Roses, for the time, were the perfect mix of metal, punk rock, glam, and even blues. There's all that, it's in a big melting pot. And they just cover so many bases with their stuff. You can definitely tell that they were big, well... All the bands of that era were like big Aerosmith fans. You know what I mean? All the like the bluesy Aerosmith stuff. They yeah. all obviously liked the Stones. Yeah. I would say. Um well, Jumpy Jack Flash, we said they yeah. covered that. Um And Wild Horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, man, and obviously they got the punk stuff in there. Um the metal was at the time, the you know, cock rock, even though they're not really cock I'd never class Guns as a real cock rock. They were on the edge of cock one that was hard cock. <laughs> Well, <laughs> they were definitely not soft cock. <laughs> not now, anyway. Maybe a bit later on. But uh, yeah. on that absolute bombshell, we'll take a break. I need to urinate. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> thoughts come from the shower and they are weird af they should make edible soap that you can eat in the shower in case you get hungry hey do us a favor if you're a fan of the show and you're enjoying listening to it leave us a review get in touch let us know that you like it Let's get back to it.
Welcome back to the second half of this personal jukebox podcast episode about Guns N' Roses' appetite for destruction. We're all refreshed and ready to go for the second part. You down with me? I'm down, mate. I'm down. <laughs> Where we left off, we were looking... What was the last one? Paradise City was Paradise the last track City, we looked yeah. at. Okay. So, Which is, incidentally, the last song on side A. Yes, that, that was something. It wasn't side A and side B, was it? Oh, no, it was side G and R, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And was the significance not side G was all, oh, living on the streets is a tough life, it's drugs, it's all this kind of stuff. And then side R was, oh, this is meant to be the romantic side and there's a bit more love songs in this side. Um, I think oh, I is that why you've played Romeo and Juliet? No, that wasn't the reason, but I just, I like that song. It's a good it's song. Classic, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, love, sex, relationships for the uh, for the second half. Oh, right, I, did, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. Anyway, we start with it's a really sleazy song, oh, isn't it? It's, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> sleazy. <laughs> just even that riff. Just listen to how dirty it is. And when it comes in, it's like super dirt as well, so isn't it? So minor. Yes, it is. Here you go. Stick this in your ears. It was all about love, sex, and relationships. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely terrifying vocal. When he comes in, yeah, my love is in pain. It's like fucking hell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I um, years and years and years ago, um, they were there was they did a live performance at the Ritz in New York City mm-hmm. before they were like really famous. And they played it on Channel 4. Okay. Like in about 1989 or something like that. And um, they played this mm. live, mm. and mm. his vocals was just amazing. Like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. powerful. Yeah. In your yeah. face. This is the song which I said about the chorus is a bit... It comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It's a proper punky chorus, isn't it? Yeah, it's not the best chorus, is it? No. But I think the opening riff, that riff just makes up for it. It Apparently Slash used a different guitar on that one. Did Um, he really? Yeah, I I, I just wrote on my notes, he wrote on a different guitar. I should have put what it was. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, Because he wanted a more, uh, a darker more evil sounding yeah. guitar kind of thing uh, you know the story behind it don't you Michelle what? Young no I didn't actually okay so there's a, a girl called Michelle Young uh, she was I don't know if she was one of their girlfriends at the time but she was definitely somebody who was hanging around the band when they were writing songs and, and coming up uh, and her and Axel were in a car and they heard Elton John's Your Song yes yeah and she was like oh I wish somebody would write a song about me 
Uh, and so this, this is what Axel oh, oh, so this is what Axel <laughs> did <laughs> I wrote a song about yeah charming apparently she liked because she was like yeah it, it is my dad did work in porno my mum was a drug addict she isn't alive anymore uh, apparently she she later cleaned up her life and moved out of the area and yeah I don't know where she is now but um, shout out to Michelle Young yeah word <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's probably not the uh, the song that you say to your kids. Oh, that song's about me. Definitely, even though it's still got the guitars and everything, there's more of a, a softer subject material, if not a softer song. Yeah, um, and the, the the chorus perfectly illustrates that, doesn't mm-hmm. it? You're sort of like a clean, cleany guitar sound, like picking in the background in there, and it's very melodic. Yeah. Uh, it's a brilliant, brilliant chorus. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Izzy takes the lead on this one as well, apparently. Does he? Mm. Okay. Yeah, Izzy chorus. Um, piano as well. Probably the nearest Axel will get to a bit of crooning, really, on yeah, the album, yeah. yeah. And the album, initially, it was met with lukewarm reviewers from reviewers at the time. Uh, they said it was a bit simplistic. Um, some didn't really get on board with the whole the whole thing that Guns N' Roses were trying to put out there. Uh, and But then, man, if you look now at when websites, magazines and stuff have gone back and given the retro reviews of it, you're talking... Um, all music gave it five out of five. Entertainment Weekly and I, Pitchfork. I mean, Pitchfork. Fuck's sake, man. Gave it ten out of ten. Like, there's only Radiohead albums that they usually give ten out of ten to. Mm. Um, Rolling Stone, five out of five. Spin, five out of five. Still to this day, Sputnik Music is still standing fast on two out of five for the album. I just... We'll get into our rains later, but that's just you know. No. Um, It was only ever number one in the USA and, of course, our old mates, New Zealand. uh, Really reached top five in eight more countries. Uh, Album-wise, chart-wise, it was always going to be the follow-up, which was going to get them number one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this was a brilliant first step, wasn't it? Let's Mm. be honest. I mean... Musically, I think the the Appetite is, is, is the best album. It would Appetite be your favourite Guns N' Roses album? Yes, without yes. a shadow of a doubt. I get it. Obviously, Illusion is split between uh, Illusion One and Two, and it is bloated, isn't it? It's there's a lot to digest on there. There is, but I love both of them. Yeah. Oh, they're not bad albums at oh, all. Oh no, they're great. No, no, no. Apart from like 
my world what is that yeah the odd song there's a couple actually but yeah i know and know. they got a bit cheap didn't they with the don't cry altered lyrics yeah alternate version <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song that. it is though it is. that's the infuriating <laughs> thing about it have you um come across the super deluxe version of the album because we're talking now this was released what 87 so we're 35 years that's right isn't it yeah yeah, 35 yeah. years ago. So I believe in on the 25th anniversary, they released the Super Deluxe version. Um, 51 tracks, three and a half hours. Uh, it's got a mixture of the album plus live tracks, B-sides, demos, acoustics and covers. Basically everything that was on all those EPs, yeah. uh, the Lies EPs basically amalgamated into it as well. Mm. And we get there... There before the album had even re- been re- uh, being released, two versions of November Rain. Yeah, it's it, it's quite it's quite shocking, isn't it? Really, absolutely. Like it, I was blown away when I found out that they had loads of tunes already written. Yeah, the story is that Axel had got November Rain in his in his skyrocket, um, and they were saying, "Oh, this is like a tune that's going to take you over the edge." And they were saying, well, we've already got one ballad on the album, which is going to be the next real track we cover. Um, And I don't know, maybe the band weren't ready. They wanted to be that raw kind of punky, sleazy LA band. And he's got this. I mean, this is at the same time now, this this piano version of November Rain. Mental. It is. Mental that they'd got that. That's what makes him a songwriter. Because he'd got that, man. Ready to go. Yeah, unbelievable. that band that was banging out My Michelle or Paradise City would have this song in their arsenal. I know, I know. Yeah? No. Would you say now that November Rain is possibly their most famous song or would you still say that it's Sweet Child? This was such a massive. It was such a massive song, wasn't it? This Mm. and this Mm. video literally was was played everywhere. You know, Slash doing that solo outside the church, and 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 everybody talked about the video because it was a story, wasn't it? Of him getting married, and then she died, and yeah, yeah. I still think probably we'll get onto it in a moment. Sweet Child probably trumps it because it's just. Sweet Child of Mine is one of them songs for me. We're talking about it now before we play the song. It fits into that bag of uh, End Sandman, Don't Look Back in Anger, all them songs which I don't ever need to hear again. Yeah. Because I've heard it so much. And 
the the only good bits the last two minutes kind of thing where it steps off the pace. Oh, yeah, the, the solo. <laughs> uh, Shall we have a bit of that? Go on then. Anybody ever heard this song before? When it on the new uh, on the soundtrack to the new Thor movie as well. <laughs> that was on the trailer. I don't, I don't know, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Not your dog. <laughs> the Marvel guy. Um. Once again, though, a little bit of a depart the rest of the album. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a poem, wasn't it? Well, it's a poem, plus, weren't it meant to be Slash doing um, oh, finger exercises on his guitar? He classed it as a circus riff. Yeah. He, and they um, heard it and were like, oh, mate, that a song. Yeah, it was just something, it was just a riff he made up to warm his fingers up, wasn't it? Because it's... It's one of them riffs, isn't it, which, once you know how to play, it's quite easy. Mm. But learning the damn thing and pulling it off perfectly is another matter. Uh, So it's a good exercise for your fingers. (laughs) (laughs) I've put in my notes, it's the biggest, most recognisable commercial song of Guns N' Roses. Uh, The end's the best bit, though. That's where I've written down. Oh, the solos, isn't it? <laughs> There's so many covers of it. So many covers. Um, remember Cheryl Crow did a cover of it for the Big Daddy soundtrack? Did, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, Texas did a cover, Anastasia. Uh, and, like, loads more, loads more people. I've heard a jungle version of it. A jungle version? Yeah, it's quite good. <laughs> when I was in my jungle phase. <laughs> but there's been one criticism about this song. Um pardon me, that there's an Australian band called um, Australian Crawl. And they put out a song in, 90, I think it's 1981 or 1982, called Unpublished Critics. And the reminiscence is undeniable when you hear this. Have a listen to this for a little minute. What year was this? 82, I think. And the vocal melody. Similar, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's no different to Liam Gallagher ripping off John Lennon, really. Yeah, yeah. It's it's undeniably similar. Listen, there's only twelve notes. Don't <laughs> yeah. forget this. There's only twelve yeah. notes, and there's yeah. only so many chord progressions. 
before you are going to start repeating yourself. And it's, really... You, you cannot get away from it. No, you can't. And really, it's a simple chord progression, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they'd never heard this song before, but also it wouldn't surprise me if Axel says, oh, you know what, we like it, so we thought we'd sort of, like, rip it off, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I've ripped songs off before. Oh. I'm not going to say I haven't. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Uh, Duff gave an interview and he said, I've never heard it. He was like, oh, wow, that's, like, absolutely uncanny. He, he said he'd never heard it. He was like, wow, that's like as if they've taken our song and made a song well, off it. yeah. Yeah, but it, it 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 happens. It happens when you've only got twelve notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a tune, though. I'm liking it. Oh yeah, it's a decent yeah. tune, especially for like early eighties as well. Uh, August 1988, the first release of Sweet Child of Mine. It got to number twenty-four on the charts. It was re-released in June '89. Got to number six. Um, it's a video as well. Axl Rose turns himself from a punk slash metal whatever star into a bit of a teen heartthrob on that video he he changes himself from the pages of Roar and Kerrang into the pages of Smash It I'm telling you on that video yeah do you know what I mean yeah yeah he kind of it's the dance he does and everything in it he's just got great stage presence (laughs) and he let's be honest and did you he says that the song is really well he wanted the video, sorry, to be um, an Asian woman carrying a baby into another country, uh, only to discover at the end that the child was dead and filled with heroin. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently so. That's what he wanted the video to be. Obviously, well, Geffen at the time were like, nah. <laughs> nah, I, th- I, think, I think they made the right decision to do what they did. It was, I mean, the video's a lot more soft focus. Yes. Uh, they were a bit fuzzy around the edges. Like, the, the hard edges have kind of been shaven off yes. on that video, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, but definitely, I would say, Guns N' Roses-wise, that is their biggest song, isn't it? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, next song... Um, pretty for the album by the numbers rocker yes um, it was a nice surprise because um, I'd heard the lies version before this okay yeah yeah. Um, and I loved it yeah, is it different it's acoustic oh okay, okay it's acoustic yeah, yeah, and, yeah. He, and he's like slower and it's like you're fucking crazy no child <laughs> It's brilliant. So, when I saw the track listing on it, I thought, you're crazy. I thought, no, it can't be. And when it kicked in, I thought, it's the same fucking song. 
Um, yeah, it's... To me, it's probably the, the least song on the album that's got something about it. You know what I mean? It's probably the least um, standout song on the album. Um, no, I don't, it's the fastest song on the album. Oh, that riff. The, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the drum beat. It's... Okay. Yeah, it, yeah. but for me, it had already been done on Lois. Yeah. Even though this was first, but I didn't know that at yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that Lois was their first release for years. Okay. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. it was the one I heard first. Oh, no way. Okay, got Yeah, yeah. This was in the, uh, like me and Boyd have spoke on plenty of episodes about, this was at the time where you saved your money up and bought oh, records. Paper you know, rounds, and, mate. Yeah, you didn't yeah. have loads of, you couldn't just hop on Apple Music and listen to every fucking track that a band had put out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so good song though nonetheless oh yes, nonetheless. yes yeah. uh, next this is the other one the other sleeper song that I think on the album well this is the other one that I'm not that keen on uh, ok yeah <laughs> well I like the lyrics yeah I like what he's Don't singing you know the guitar work though? I like what he's singing about but mm, mm. yeah yeah, it, it's alright it's a good tune yeah, and everything yeah. but I just think it was one of the, one of the weaker ones on the album when it drops now though not now. Um, yeah, it's still a good song though. Oh yeah, it's banging. Mm. Uh, the last gig Guns N' Roses played was... Um, ooh, oh man, I haven't put the year. But it was in Hanover, Germany in July. Maybe it was this... It couldn't have been this year, was it? Well, it must have been. Yeah. I think I'd say so. They played 28 tracks set. 28 right. songs set. Right, okay. Off this album they played It's So Easy... Uh, Brownstone, Welcome to the Jungle, Rocket Queen, Sweet Child of Mine, Night Train, and Paradise City. Okay, so there's only about three, four of them, three off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the most played songs ever, the most played song apparently uh, from Setlist F- FM is Welcome to the Jungle. Second most is Mr. Brownstone, third Paradise City, and fourth Sweet Child of Mine, and then it sort of tells to the other albums after that. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is the bit that I liked in the minute when you have like the mini breakdown, like after the solo, and, and the guitar sounds are like I don't know, unlike anything I'd heard at the time. Him have a bit of this. I tell you, that's just reminding me, one of my favourite things about this album is Adler's drums, yeah? Because every time, like, the guitars kick back in, it's as if you're driving in a car, and you know when you drop it down a gear, and it's like, stick your foot on the accelerator, and we're going. <laughs> Stephen Adler, I, I loved him in G, well, for that album, like, yeah. great drummer and all that, but um, he, he ruined it for himself, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he couldn't fucking keep his hands off it, could he? No, it's a shame. <laughs> it is a shame. In 1999, Axel re-recorded the whole album with the then lineup that he'd got. Robin Fink from Nine Inch Nails, I think he was. Tommy Stinson, who was out of The Replacements. Uh, Dizzy Reed was there at the time. Chris Chris Pitt, Pittman or something like that. He was out of Tool. Paul Tobian and Josh Fries, who Nine Inch Nails, um, Weezer, Paramore has even worked with Sting as well. And but they never released it. And the only excerpt you ever hear is on the end credits of the previously mentioned Adam Sandler Big Daddy film. They play a little bit of Sweet Child of Mine. That's right. the only time like it's ever been released or out there for anybody to hear it. Oh, it's a shame, isn't it? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I I mean, I, I bet it was shit. Let's be honest. You'd, you'd imagine that it doesn't have the no. the rawness no. and the 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 beef and the the power of the original. No. But it would have had more modern production, so maybe it does. Mm. Yeah, mm. I'd like to hear it to compare. Yeah, it, yeah. I would definitely like to hear it, but it just has never been out there. Uh, we said before about they had November Rain, and you said they had You Could Be Moyen, yeah. which is a classic as well. Mm. Uh, Back Off Bitch and Don't Cry were the other ones that they already had yeah. as well written. Incredible composure to keep those songs and not load your first album. To think to yourself, I'm keeping some of these numbers back. For well, the well, next album. Well, they had to really, didn't they? Because Geffen probably um, probably said to him, "Look, you got twelve tracks. Mm-hmm. You haven't got twenty. You haven't got twenty. You know, this is your debut album. Mm-hmm. Twelve tracks. Do you think, on reflection, that they probably should have put forward some of that forthrightness, um, Geffen, and say to, right, you don't need to release, use your illusion one and two, let's have the next album, and then maybe 12 months later, let's have the next album. Because it was a bit of an event, weren't it, when those albums were released? Yeah, but... Because you were like like balls deep in like your music listening, weren't you, at oh, that point? They were my favourite band. At the, the, the time they released Use Your Illusions... They were my favourite band. I loved them. I absolutely loved them. I mean, what other band has done that like when you're potentially at the peak of your power, but there's a massive burgeoning new musical movement, like the whole grunge thing, yeah, yeah. is coming along. You, you fucking have the absolute big dick and balls to go, I ain't going to release a double album. I'm going to put out two fucking albums yeah. on the same day as well, weren't they? Yeah, this is the same day. Yeah. And, and then both double albums in their own right, aren't yeah. they? they're like opus. They're like magnum opus, like massive things, yeah. And then great as well. Well, there's a couple of... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Incredibly ballsy move. Possibly the peak of Guns N' Roses is, is right there and then. Because it tails off kind of after that, infighty and... Everything. Guns N' Roses have released yeah, three great albums and that's it. I said about the Donington 88 performance, mm-hmm. to promote Appetite for Destruction, they, oh man, they did an absolutely mammoth tour, but um, it wasn't only their own tour. They incorporated supporting for different bands. Uh, they uh, supported for The Cult, Motley Crue, Alice Cooper... 
um, who've already there, Iron Maiden and Aerosmith. Commencing in August 87 and ending in December 88. They actually opened it in London at the uh, at the Marquee. That oh, was nice. the opening date of the tour and ended in Auckland, New Zealand. So from the album released, you do a whole like year and a bit tour and, and it was only probably towards the end of that when they were gaining traction, weren't it? Yeah. With, with the Paradise City, as you say, coming out a bit later. It was all about the... Um the airtime they could get one to on the yeah. radio and on yeah. t- TV and that. Notoriety <clears throat> and then time, basically, space. We've reached the last song. Uh, what a bit of a song it is. We can talk about this a little bit as well. I always considered this, with the benefit of hindsight, to be like a bit of a taste of what was to come from the Illusion albums. Yeah, it's got a, like a very locomotive feel, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it sounds more produced and... It sounds like the song's on, on the Illusion, doesn't it? Yeah, Estranged, Coma... Bit longer than all the others in T yeah, and it's yeah. not oh, as, yeah. it's not as heavy and and it's got a lot of the the, the, the later like they do they did a lot of samples, didn't they? Mm. Like voiceover samples and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, I mean there's even Axel having sex with Stephen Adler's wife. You know, I never noticed that until it was actually like put out there. Yeah. I mean I I knew it was a woman um, doing all sexual noises, but I didn't know that Axel had actually set up a tape and recorded himself <laughs> banging the drummer's wife, and he put it on there as a punishment for for not coming off heroin. He yeah, told yeah, him, yeah, he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you come off heroin, otherwise yeah. I'm going to do something you're going to fucking hate me for. And he wouldn't come off heroin, so Axel says, what, you bastard? Here we go. Here we go. That's me having sex with your wife. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, nice. And guy. he's not in the band, like, <laughs> pretty much straight after. Yeah, so bit of a classy move by Axel, then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Isn't it in this bit now, like of what we're talking? Yeah. Yes. As I say, I never noticed it until it was. Laid out to me, really. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I could, yeah. you can hear it straight away. Yeah, I don't know if I just never listened to it as intently. I'll be honest, this was one of the songs as well, which I just like kind of I thought it was all right. Yeah, it, it really goes back to what you were saying. It, 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 yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a um, oh, this is what's to come like on the, on the next album. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's it, it, to me, it just has that kind of. That sound, you know, there's, there's more going on. Them, them illusion albums, there was lots of bits, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes into the completely different bit, which sounds like kind of a, like a yes song or something, you know what I mean, when that riff comes in. It's quite good, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh... It's different. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Adriana Smith. That was the girl. Adler's girl, Adriana Smith. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being bound by Axel. She was paid uh, with a <laughs> bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did hear that, yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, what did you think the first time you ever heard the album? Were you like blown away? Oh god, you're talking years ago, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was blown away, mm-hmm. but it, it took a few listens, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then then I realised that wow, this is this is something special. Mm. Yeah, uh, and as you would say, you think musically wise and like album wise, this is like the, the it's best, their best, the, the best Guns N' Roses. It's the best. Yeah. I mean, don't forget this. This is their debut. Yeah, 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 yeah. And some of them riffs. Uh huh. I mean, the, the, welcome to the jungle at the beginning. That that the part that Slash is playing at the beginning, it it sounds like it's got like a, a delay effect on it. Yes. But it hasn't. It's yeah. got no effect on it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from yeah. a little bit of reverb, he's creating that by the riff he's playing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's good. It's good, definitely. And he invented that. He made that up. I mean, wow. That's like the Slash sounds. You come out of this this um, this album and you're thinking, um, wow, this is a new band. Yeah, yeah, this is a big thing. Um, you've got the whole axle vocal thing. Mm. Yeah, you've got the the slash guitar sound kind of thing. With the attitude to match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's the thing. They had the attitude. They had the whole image. Yeah, the whole image yeah. down, definitely. Um, summing up. Summing up, obviously we give albums um, a, a rating, um, you know, like a, a GCSE rating. A GCSE w- rating. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Old school GCSE yeah, rating. Yeah, yeah. Old, when we were yeah, in school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Real, real GCSE rating. Okay. I will go first on this one. Okay. This album is like up there with like. As we said, one of the best, one of the best debut albums I would say that has been put out. Um, the sound, everything that was going on at the time with this band makes it for me. It's an A for me. What's the What's the highest you could, A plus? Is it, yeah, is A plus highest? is the highest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. Um, I've got to give it A as well, really. Yeah, it's it's just it's just it's probably the best hard rock album that's ever been written. <laughs> it's very good. It is very good. It's very good. I, I I struggle. I don't know if we've come across a better album so far on the, on the podcast. Um, to be honest, um, every every track is new, more or less every track is a banger. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's really, really, really fucking good, and you probably already know this, everybody who's listening to it. Yeah? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it really is. Um, 
right? Is, is there anything else you'd like to uh, anything else you'd like to say about it, or have we kind of covered it there? I think we've I think we've covered it quite nicely. I think we've exhausted we? that, haven't we? Yes, thank you, man. If you guys don't agree with that, get in touch with the show jukeboxpod at gmail You can follow the show on Facebook or Instagram jukeboxpod. Uh, yeah, get in touch. Let us know. Um, thank you very much, Les, for joining You're me welcome here tonight. Anytime, anytime. And do you have a song that you would like to play us out with? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Ail Storm. Yes. With a with a with an A. Yeah. Seventh room of a seventh room. Listen to this. Okay, I've got it. Hey, thank you very much for listening. Thank you again, Les, for joining me. Anytime. Nice one. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.